Hello, this is Manisha Takor. Welcome to the Money Zen Podcast, where I strive to bring you information and inspiration to help you create the financial life that makes your heart sing. Having worked in the financial services industry for over 25 years, I have seen time and again how many smart, hardworking, well-intentioned individuals find themselves confused, overwhelmed, and frustrated about their relationship with money. This podcast series is rooted in my belief that to solve this problem, we don't need more financial information. What we need is more financial wisdom. What we need is clear, unbiased guidance to help us take the optimal actions with our money to achieve our own unique, authentic life goals. I call this financial wisdom Money Zen. As such, the interviews that I will conduct on this Money Zen podcast are designed to help you receive and achieve exactly that. Some of the topics we will cover will be obvious choices for a financial podcast. Topics such as budgeting, investing, and retirement planning. Other topics may surprise you as we delve into advice ranging from how to create your dream professional network to how to find your ideal work-life fit. Taken together, it's my hope that this collection of recordings, which will touch on the topic of money from a wide range of angles, will help you craft your own unique path to your own definition of money's end. So without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. Today's guest, Claudia Chan, joins us from the New York metro area. Claudia Chan is the author of the new book, This is How We Rise, which launches October 17th, and a recognized expert on leadership and social entrepreneurship dedicated to activating individuals and organizations to lead change in the world and advance gender equality. Claudia, besides being a dear friend of mine, is the founder of the award-winning global leadership conference, She Summit, which has made advancing women's leadership accessible and actionable. Each year, the event connects, educates, and activates women's empowerment champions. Speakers have included Deepak Chopra, Kelly Clarkson, Morgan Stanley's Carla Harris, Sally Krawcheck, Gabrielle Bernstein, Soledad O'Brien, and UN Ambassador Samantha Power, among others. Claudia also leads She Global Media, a corporate initiative that helps Fortune 1000 companies modernize and accelerate their diversity initiatives with the goal of achieving gender parity by 2030 through various programs and services. A sought-after speaker on how women and men can and should create a more equal world, Claudia has been referred to as the Richard Branson of Women's Empowerment by Fast Company and named one of 2017's 20 Most Influential Moms by Family Circle. In 2015, Claudia became an official U.S. State Department speaker and has visited countries like South Korea for countrywide speaking tours to educate women on how to empower themselves and others in their communities. Claudia was the 2015 global spokesperson for Gillette Venus Use Your and Empowerment Campaign, a movement encouraging women to celebrate their multidimensionality. Prior to launching She Global Media, Claudia was president and co-owner of the popular women's entertainment company Shecky's for 10 years. Claudia is a lifelong New Yorker, proud alumna of Smith College, woohoo, as a fellow Seven Sisters grad, mom of two, and equal partner with her wonderful husband, John. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much, Manisha. This is such a pleasure to be on this podcast with you. 
So your new book is called This Is How We Rise, Reach Your Highest Potential, Empower Women, and Lead Change in the World. Let's start at the beginning. Seven years ago, you appeared to have it all. You were running a thriving entertainment business and achieved the kind of success you had romanticized your whole life. And then, as you say in the book, you dropped the life you had built. What happened? And more importantly, where did this change lead you? Yeah, you know, I I mean, what happened was, I think all of us, you know, we're born into this world with the parents that we have, you know, for me, it was, you know, my parents had migrated over from China in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, really, from, from the time we're young, right, where, you know, what surrounds us, the schools we go to, the lessons that our parents teach us, really inform us of what we believe is important in life, right? And, and it's a very reactionary model of living. And of course, you know, my parents survived, you know, wars, right? So of course, it was like, make money, you know, own a business. And, you know, money is really important for survival and your health and well-being, right? And so, so it's interesting how most of us live our lives that way. But I found myself uh, in my early, mid-30s, you know, I had was running a multi-million dollar company on TV all the time. On paper, I had material, all the material success. But inside, I, I felt like I lacked purpose and meaning. Okay, so at a certain point, having material stuff and eating at nice restaurants all the time can sort of only get you so far in terms of happiness and fulfillment. And then separately, my business partner and I, who I had been running the company with for almost 10 years, you know, it was just, we just, we just increasingly did not see eye to eye. And because I was really, I was just 25 years old when I started it. So I was like 25 to 35 when I was running it with him. I really grew up in that business and I was really a kid. And so, you know, a lot of the, we conflicted more about our vision. We, We didn't see eye to eye on the vision of the company. And I just didn't like who I became, right? We were bickering all the time. And I felt like my character lacked integrity. I just felt like a child almost. And then between, you know, and and we fall into that pattern, right? When we lack that leadership development, when we lack that personal growth. And so what happened was I, though I had this material success, I was in this really unhappy business relationship. And I just also felt I lacked meaning to my life. So that's what happened. And that set me on this journey of spiritual growth. You know, my husband's from the South and I started taking me to church on Sundays. uh, And I, And secondly, I started doing all these yoga immersions and reading all these personal growth and leadership books and sort of dove into this journey of spiritual growth, personal growth, leadership development. And then that's where my aha moment sort of came in terms of what I needed to do with my life and the new kind of company that I would create. I love it. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the current gender quo status, um, which Mm -hmm. is a huge part um, if not the central part of, of what your life purpose at this point is all about. So what, what is the current status? How can gender equality alleviate injustices across the world? And can we get there? So essentially, what happened was in my journey of being, you know, having a male business partner and, and in that sort of dark that those dark years, right? It's what like Steve Jobs, when he was like fired from Apple, he calls those the dark years. I think we all go through a period where we just get like thrown and we feel like everything's just not what we want it to be. In that journey, in that period, I started reading everything I did. I just started getting exposed to women's empowerment and the term. Sheryl Sandberg had just written this, has just done this huge speech on how 
women, the promise of equality is not equality. 3% of Fortune 500 CEOs were women. The pay gap, 70 plus cents to the man's dollar. Eating disorders, self-esteem, you know, just across the board, every single topic, every single issue. I was like, wow, women are really, you know, there's such a lack of equality in the world. And even though women make up half the world, you know, we are 70% of the world's poor, you know, women do 66% of the world's work, but earn 10% of the world's income, 1% of the world's property, you know, so I was just starting to look at, you know, first world in, the, in America, what are the gender stats, right? Corporate leadership, pay gap, all these industry gaps. And then third world started learning about, forget about pay gaps. I mean, it's, it's about, you know, how do we prevent violence against women, right? And, and trafficking and maternal mortality. So it's a whole different level. And then I had this aha that, you know, we, women in America or women in the first world need to care more about our state of women. And so from that journey, I had the aha to start She Global Media. So go from women's entertainment, where I was doing girls night out shopping parties, right? I built this multi-million dollar women's entertainment company and moved to women's empowerment. So I would take my event planning skills and my ability to create content that attracted women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s to get women to care about women's empowerment, right? And so how do we teach women, you know, corporate person, a person coming out of college, somebody who's starting running their own business, how do we get them to care about, you know, the work that they do and who they are to expand their consciousness about, you know, A, I'm extraordinary as a woman and, and realize our highest potential, but then also devote or commit to championing women in some area. So that really became the compass for She Global and the, and the She stands for She Helps Empower the Globe. So it's like, how do I inspire people and women, right, to become change agents for gender equality? So that's sort of the nutshell of the business and what started. And I, and obviously I started doing conferences and, and writing and all these other things. But in terms of the current status quo, you know, I, I just think that we live every day assuming that equality exists, right? We assume that, of course, women are so capable. Women are doing everything today. Women are child rearing. Women are, you know, working. They are like the CEO of the household. Like women are already empowered, right? But when you look at every single industry and you look at every area of her life, right, whether it's in the book, I have this, uh, I call it the macro movement. It's not, there's not just one movement. There's thousands of movements, Right. So if you, if you want to close the gender gap in the technology industry, because all the future jobs are going to be computer science related, right? That's, that's a movement, you know, and there's, and, and if you want to like, you know, women in financial literacy, right? That's a whole other movement. So the idea is that the current gender status quo is we're 170 years actually away from equality, according to the World Economic Forum. And so if we as women and men. So now the she, by the way, stands for she and he empower the world. So a few years ago, I added, I started being really inclusive of men because we're not going to get there without men involved. So, you know, the whole focus is really, is really getting women and men to be gender equality champions so that we can accelerate equality across all different industries and issues faster. Cause we can't wait 170 years. Yeah. Well, and this is how we rise. You advocate for a, quote, me for we mentality instead of the current, quote, me over we mindset that has traditionally permeated corporate America. Tell us what me for we looks like and how we can get there. 
Yeah. So I believe in, and this is the book is actually, and, and who I am generally is I believe that in order for us to really be maximize our social impact, right? Like how can we, if we have 80 years on this earth, if we have 90, 60, however long we get to live, right? We're not just here for our personal means, you know, we're, we're here to also contribute. And so to me, that social impact is, is limited. It's weak without leadership development. Leadership development is weak without personal growth. Personal growth is weak without, without spiritual growth. And so, um, so this is where I, the me for we is I want, I want everybody, every human being to sort of like, in a way you almost have to tap into a spiritual, a higher calling <laughs> and a, uh, you know, like tap into spirit and really step back and look at your life and really think, oh, you know, like I'm here on this planet to do more than just serve myself. I, I, it's not just about me over we, I have to have a me for we mindset. And so the idea is I want to get people to start not just living their life in the world, but lead their life for the world and, and really step back and sort of have this more like pretend you're the universe looking at Manisha Thakur. Like you're not looking at your life from inside out. You're, you're like pretend you're your you're universe or God looking at your life and be like, oh, there's Manisha. Everything in her life has happened for her. Every trial, the family she was born into, the vocation that she's in, everything's happened for her to bring her closer to her purpose and her purpose beyond her personal, you know, means is to also contribute and live her life for the world. Right. And so that's what I mean about it. We have to stop living this sort of self-centric life and live more of this purpose. Like what is the meaning of our life for the world? Like when we're 80, 90 years old, looking back at our life, you know, I, I lost my father last August, you know, when you look at like, what was the meaning of your life? right? Other than you personally enjoying your life, right? And, and financially thriving and thriving in your health and in, in travel and whatever, whatever makes you happy, right? Like what did you contribute? And so I really want to get people to think about what their life means for the world and to, and to start leading more of a me for we, like we're not just here for our self-centric means. We're here for, for the world. We're, we're here for the planet, right? <laughs> And so that's really, and we forget to do that. We forget, like we get caught up in our to daily to-do lists. We obsess over, you know, like, like the things that we need to get done. And of course, we're all stressed out and trying to get so much. We're overwhelmed by how much there is to do these days that we just, we lose perspective on that. And, and that's one of the reasons the world is really broken right now. So we really need people to think bigger about their impact. I want to circle back to something you said. I love um, the expanded definition of she to include she and he. Can you say a little bit more about what role do men play in this new worldview? Yeah. So I believe that in America, I believe that we're in the fourth wave of feminism, right? Like the first wave was, you know, women got the right to vote. P.S. Reminder, we haven't had the right to vote for 100 years yet. <laughs> That'll be 2020. So when you think about we're pretty early on, Right. And then it was Betty Friedan and, and Gloria Steinem and the women's revolution. And, and, but, but basically, I believe that we're in the fourth wave right now of a new men's movement, which is really exciting because it's not just like, okay, oh, a feminist or you know, women's champions are these like bra-burning activists, right? Like everybody, celebrities, corporations, more men are you know, talking about, are championing you know, gender equality. But, I, but, but while we're in the fourth wave of that, I believe we're in the first wave of a new men's movement. So we're, we're finally really starting to see a lot more men. So whether it's male celebrities like John Legend, 
Ryan Gosling. Right. And so many Ryans. But like, you know, you're seeing male celebrities and then you're seeing, I mean, you've got, you know, the, um, the prime minister of Canada, right? You've got a lot more men, public figures that are Obama talks about women, has championed a lot of women's issues. And not to mention corporate leaders, too, like it, uh, UN Women has an initiative called He for She, and they've got all these male corporate leaders making gender equality commitments. So I think that we're starting to see a rise in more men putting their face on, you know, we need to create a more gender equal organization. We care about gender equality or I am a feminist. Right. You're starting to see more men publicly get out there and talk about the importance of gender equality and advancing women or, or, you know, ending violence against women, right? Some sort of women's empowerment, women's issue. The other thing that we're seeing in this new men's movement is also you're starting to see a lot of organizations and groups redefining what masculinity means because traditional masculinity, remember, is, you know, don't show vulnerability. Whatever you do, don't act like a woman. Don't show any feminine traits, right? Don't cry in public. And so really, you know, our, if you think about Gen Xers or baby boomers, like men really were brought up uh, with this notion of, of masculinity, but it's confusing because if you're a, if you're a millennial or even a Gen Z, you know, they grew up, many of them grew up with, with feminist moms or, or, you know, or like breadwinning moms, right. Or single moms that literally were, you know, were, were, you know, were superstars. And so I think that there's books written, you know, like Future of Men, or there's books now, and, and there's lots, a lot of research that shows that young men actually want a more, more equality. They want more egalitarian households where they co-parent and raise the children, and they want to be equal financial providers along with their spouse. And so, you know, so you're starting to see a lot of men want that equality too. And at the same time, there's also men that are getting lost, young boys that are getting lost because, hey, there's a million organizations out there for women, right? You, you enter a job and there's like a million women's networks and there's all these women's conferences like She Summit and there's all these, there's women's groups for everything. There's women's empowerment campaigns. But then what is, what is a guy, what, what does a young boy have in terms of empowerment? And so I think you're just seeing all these layers within this new men's movement where you're starting to see all these new champions, you know, male figures out there championing women. But then you're also, you know, you're also seeing young, young, the younger boys are also confused. And what is masculinity? How do I be a man? And even if you want to support women, right? Oh, there's a women's group at my company and I want to be a part of it. But like, am I even invited to be a part of it? So I think women, all the women that are driving the women's movement and need to really be proactive about including men and thinking more about how to, how to really truly be equal. And which is all, and I just want to finalize by saying that I've actually been using the term less women's empowerment and really been focusing more on the word gender equality because we have to really empower the men and boys too, right? Like both genders have to thrive in, in order for all genders to thrive. You know, or all genders need to thrive together and we need to start thinking more of a win-win model as opposed to just only empower women and forget about the men. So that's a paradigm shift. I love that. Yeah, gender equality. In... Your book, This Is How We Rise, you list 13 foundational pillars of personal leadership, and I'd love to explore some of those. Um, you start with purpose, vision, and faith. Why are these so important? Yeah, so the whole, the book is, you know, when I say this is how we rise, it's also, I want you to raise your hand to this new breed of leadership, right, where you you commit to leading change in something or you, you commit to really stepping up in your life and living this me for we life. Right. But in order to do that, 
you know, it's going to be a hard path. Like the more, the more you decide to lead and to do something bigger, right. That's, that's, that's bigger than just about yourself, then you're going to hit more obstacles. So whether or not you're in a corporate job or you run a business and you want to, you want to really up what you're doing, you want to make sure that when the storm, like if a storm hits a tree, you want your roots to be deep, right? If your roots aren't deep, the, the, the storm is going to blow you over in two seconds. So to me, these 13 pillars are like 13 deep roots that your, that your tree stump needs to have in order, because you're about to go, you're about to go on the journey of your life, you know, living this me for we life. So the, the first three, I start with purpose because that's the purpose is, is the North star. It's, it's what, it's why we're here. It's the fundamental, we have to define the why, what matters to us. Like, what do we want to achieve in this lifetime, right? And um, so we got to, we got to, it's like, it's like, you're not going to hit the bullseye unless you can see the bullseye, right? You're not going to, it's like any business is not going to be successful if they don't have clear goals. So the purpose is like, what is the purpose of your life? And I think that I also am disrupting what purpose, what purpose means, because I think many people are like, get so confused with purpose, right? Everybody talks about purpose. So I actually call it holistic purpose. So I say, what is your purpose in the personal realm? And what is your purpose in the social realm? So this is again, back to like, imagine you're 90 years old and you're at your funeral, right? Like, what did you do? What did you leave behind? by the time you're, you know, at the end of your life, what did you leave behind? And so in your personal realm, it's like, okay, I lived a great life. I was healthy. I had raised great children or, you know, mentored tons of people or, you know, whatever, whatever it was in your personal life. Right. But then in in the social realm, what, how did you give back? What did you contribute? So for you, Manisha, for example, you know, you are focused on empowering women in, and, and in their wealth and in their, in their financial well-being, Right. So it'd be interesting to think, wow, you know, did I, looking back at your life, did you impact, you know, 500, you know, just women and their families because you supported 500 women in their, you know, in their financial empowerment, you helped close the, the, the women and money gender gap. Right. And and you did it in your very specific way. Right. The idea is just to get people thinking about that and then align their vocation and their job to that. Which brings me then to the vision chapter, which is if purpose is the good that you want to create and the good stuff you want to leave behind, and it becomes like the purpose of my life, right? You know, this is this is the meaning of my life, and then and then the vision becomes what is the is what is the structure in which you're going to create that good? So what's the vocational structure, right? And did you do it? Is your pathway through entrepreneurship? Are you doing it as a corporate person? Are you doing it, you know, through your organization, or are you doing it as an entrepreneur? Is your pathway entrepreneurship? Or is it a hybridpreneurship? So what I what I say there is that if you are if you have a job and let's just say you work in marketing at you know a finance company you know and you just really love your job and sure you're participating you care about you know women and maybe you're part of the women's network but you also really care about girls education right let's just say you really care about that and and you can't get that fulfillment inside your corporate job then that's when you can, with your side project, you can be a part of an organization or you can start something on the side, right? Or you could support something that you really believe in, right? So the idea is it's really, the book is really a blueprint to how do you really, how do you strategically live this purposeful life that has meaning and impact, but do it in a way where you're vocationally thriving, you're financially thriving, you know, so all those boxes are checked. And so again, so purpose is the, what is the good you want to create in your personal life, in your, your social, in the, in the personal realm and in the social realm. And then the vision is 
how are you going to do it? What is the structure? What is the job? What is the project? What is the, what are you going to do to then achieve that, that good you want to create, that impact you want to have, you know? And then I believe the next one, did you say faith or resilience? Faith. And then the, yeah, faith to me is so huge. It's the most underestimated pillar because when we, especially when we dream big, because I always say also vision big, because we're our, like our being on this planet, our birthright is to be extraordinary. Like our presence and our being, we're meant to have extraordinary lives and we're meant, we should be taking risk, right? So whatever it is that you want to do, whatever good that it is you want to create and the kind of life you want to have, like dream big because the bigger you dream, the bigger steps you take. So, but in order to do that, again, you need to have faith because because then you're believing in the invisible. Faith is believing in the invisible. And so your faith muscle and, you know, everything out there, like, in, especially as women, you know, we're, it's like, it's like mental where it's like psychological warfare sometimes because we're so programmed to think negatively and, you know, we have all these things coming at us, right? It's like comparison. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm doing this. Okay. That person's doing it a lot better. Um, self-doubt. I just don't know if I have what it takes to do this. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the skills. Self-worth. I'm just not good enough. It, like, so we're, you know, we have all these, the pressure to be perfect. Oh, that person just looks like they're doing it so great. You know, so, so the idea is like, you know, and we're, if we're going to decide to dream big and take these huge actions, then we're going to have a lot of, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of internal naysayers, which are the voices in our head. And we're also going to have external naysayers. So we have to have faith and believe in the invisible in order to make, to, in order to take that action. So this just, it sort of gives you a, a sense of why the pillars are in the order that they're in. Yeah. Well, let's move on to resilience, energy, and productivity. What should listeners know about this cluster of the pillars? So then I follow the fourth one is resilience because, you know, you're going to, and I have this image of a, of a life mountain, like basically your life is this mountain and you're always, you know, and, and like, and, and the higher you go, right, the, the higher your, your vision is and your, the purpose is, it's, it's just like the law of, of physics, right? Like there's just going to be more there's going to be more storms and there's going to be more friction the higher you go. And so if you're, if you're raising your hand to do something big, you're going to face a lot of obstacles. And so that's just inevitable. So, so for example, let's just say you're trying to start an organization or you're starting a women's wealth advisory and you're trying to get more clients, right? We always think things are going to be easier than they actually are because to us, it makes sense. Of course, this is, you know, the world needs this and, you know, we, but nothing is as easy and as simple as we ever think that it is, especially if you're trying to build something great. So, you know, just, so basically I want, I want people to change their relationship with obstacles and really build resilience. Resilience is, it's just a fundamental and expect the obstacles because they're actually what mature us. They can direct us, protect us, and just make us better leaders, right? If you think about life and if we look back at our life, what were the things that taught us the most and and really developed our character, right? It is not the easy stuff in life that develops our character. It's the hard stuff. It's the hard stuff. It's the trials that we have overcome that actually builds us and make us makes us deeper, smarter, it makes our souls more complex and beautiful. It's the hard stuff in life that actually in, in some ways are really the blessings because they're what make us who we are, right? We would not, if we were just, if we just had these easy lives 
and we're 30 years old and 50 years old or 70 years old. And, you know, we wouldn't be very interesting. Right. And so we have to we have to have faith that everything that's happened for us to bring us closer to our purpose. Right. Our destiny and and where we happen to be in our lives. And so resilience is the next pillar. And then energy, I believe, is just a big one because it's one of those invisible killers or empowerment um, tools. Right. Because we all need to project have be around positive, empowering energy in order to be successful. And I think it's just one of those things that people just forget about. And so, for example, if you just if you happen to have people around you quite frequently that are energy suckers and or they're just constantly creating friction or frustration or negativity, that's like that's toxicity, basically. It's like it's like invisible message being sent at you. So I really want leaders to be very proactive about protecting their energy and being strategic about really putting yourself in the best possible energy to, to, to set you up to succeed in this journey of leadership, right? Where you're going to do all this great, you're going to lead your life for the world and, and live, this, live the extraordinary life and destiny that you deserve. You got to be put in the right energy in order for that to happen. So that's the, the next pillar. And then the last and then the last one that you have here is productivity, which is, I mean, we have to be productive because we're, if anything, we're just doing more. We're not just parents or, you know, mentors or, or, or workers and employees. And, but we're also now being told to change the world and do good for the world. So if anything, we got to be really, really smart about our time. And so I really push investing, really getting strategic about your time and what matters instead of trying to do it all. So it's the way you would plan, let's just say a business model or the way you would strategically plan something for a client. You have to almost do that for your, for your day-to-day life. So I actually like to, I call them time elevation periods. So every, every year I'll break it up in chunks. Like for now, you know, I've got a book launch and I've got a massive conference in two weeks. Right. So that's like, I've been in a time elevation where I've really prioritized things for my business and the book. And so my time with my kids might not be the the maximum time that I want, or my time for my physical self-care might not be the maximum as to what I want. You know, but then after the conference is over, let's just say from November to December, then I'm going to reorganize and shift what matters, right? And align my my schedule to hit those strategic objectives. So I've got tools and tips to on how to really manage your time better. So these are all pillars that will set your life up to succeed as a leader in your life and in your family and in your job and in the world. Well, I don't want to give away all of the (laughs) secrets of the book. So I will just mention that the remaining pillars include humility, gratitude, grace, community, self-love, courage, and mindfulness. And I cannot encourage listeners strongly enough to, to read the book and really get an understanding of these 13 pillars. They're incredibly powerful. Let me switch gears. You, you run the annual She Summit, which is a wildly popular New York City-based conference that convenes hundreds of global changemakers and has attendees from over 100 countries. What has this event taught you with regards to your life purpose, which is empowering women to achieve gender equality? Yeah, so my pathway to my purpose is entrepreneurship. And so, you know, that's my life mission, right? Is to, again, support, activate people and companies to be change agents and and to advance gender equality. 
if you can just lead change in something, I'm happy. But if you can do it through a gender equality lens, I'm just, I'm ecstatic. So, and so, so again, that's my purpose and my, my, my vision, my structure and how I'm executing that purpose is through entrepreneurship. And, and she summit is the, is the, is one of the biggest parts of my company. And it's, there's something about the physical convening of people, right, coming together that is really impactful. If you think about a church or, uh, you know, any, any educational, I know you teach at Omega or, you know, having physical places where people are coming together to connect them, educate them and activate them. Those are my three pillars of what I want to do through the, through the event and through the physical convening of these people, because I believe that those are the three things that a person needs to do to grow as a leader and to grow as a person. You know, you need to constantly grow your connections with like-minded people that share your values, have good energy, right? Because we need a tribe to grow and to move our missions forward. Uh, it's also why we're here. We're here to connect. We're here to be a part of the planet and to and actually for for each other. We're, we're, we're you know it's, it's the world is about people more than anything else. And then the second thing is to expand your education. So there's two days of awe inspiring exposure to role models. I mash it up between humanitarians, corporate leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, just a mashup of of just amazing people that are all you know um, inspiring a greater good and also teaching you about different aspects of leadership and why gender equality is so important across whether it's corporate world and society and, you know, in your, in your personal life, professional life. So, you know, it's an amazing two day program where you get that education and leadership content. And then the third is what are you going to do with it? You got to take action. So it's about activation. We propel your actions. And so we really inspire you. We'll, we'll set a toolkit afterwards and give you homework after the event. So you're really taking action forward. Right. So it's, it's, it's really a leadership development conference, leadership and change agent building conference. So and I, I, I am so obsessed with it because that's how I have grown as a leader. Is I, I, every year I make new connections, I expand my education and I propel my actions and I make new commitments every single year. I take new actions every single year. And that's what I, I want everybody to do that, but in a more strategic way. So. And, and, to, and to understand that that's the journey you're going through. When we can acknowledge something, you know, and, and, really, and really say, ah, this is, I do care about this. And this is something that I'm going to decide to do, right? And this is in alignment with my values because I care about A, B, and C. Right? When you have that personal strategic plan for your life, right, and you, and you have clarity on that, you just live your life more efficiently and effectively. And it's the most fulfilling and best life there, there is to live, in my opinion. So that's the sort of meaning of She Summit. And, and the other thing, too, is we're, we're, it's a big New York City event every October, but we're also now partnering with other corp global companies to activate them around the world. So we just, you know, Bacardi is a global spirits company. They're, they're headquartered in, in Miami. So we just had our second annual She Summit Bacardi. So let's think TEDx, right? And now, like SAP, a technology company, might want to do it. You know, she summit SAP in Germany next year. You know, we have people interested in activating it in Dallas. And so, the goal really is to now really expand she summit globally through corporate partnerships. And it's great because you know you might be in Oklahoma, you know, and a she summit doesn't really exist there. This kind of leadership content and event doesn't exist there. So it's a great way to sort of collaborate with other with the private sector and and companies to sort of activate this education empowerment in in different regions. I can feel your passion and enthusiasm through the microphone. It's just 
The hairs are standing up on my arms as you talk <laughs> about this. And it's a perfect segue for my last question I want to ask. Um, it's the Money Zen podcast. So I always like to ask this question because it gets to the heart of why we bother with this money stuff to begin with. So my question is, what is exciting and energizing you right now, professionally or personally or both, and making you feel all sparkly inside? Yeah, thank you for asking that. It's such a good question because I feel like, especially women, we tend to, we're just so good at working too much and we can get so disconnected with joy and happiness and the sparkly feeling that you're talking about. And I think so much of that is just pausing and stopping to acknowledge and celebrate ourselves, you know, and to say everything is in perfect order and I'm so proud of myself and hug yourself and just love yourself, right? I think that that is something that we just all need to do. So I really appreciate this question. I think we women need to ask ourselves this every day or multiple times a day if we can remember to. So I think it's just, I feel so blessed and happy about being at a place in my life where I'm really following the message of this book, right? And, I, and I've risen in the sense of into this new person. Uh, I believe that I'm very clear in my values and I'm living a very value, you know, a value-centered life, a life of integrity, a life that is, is, is not a selfish life. It's, I, I'm proud of myself that I've, that I've really been trying to hold myself to my purpose on doing good in the world. Um, so I think vocation, and the fact that my vocation and my career is in alignment with this purpose is so, makes me so happy because I'm just, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. And the fact that I get to do that and also have these two adorable, amazing kids. I'm new at being a mom. As you said, I have a, a two year old and a seven month old. So I'm, I'm really just in the thick of it, right? With these really young kids. I've got this book coming out. My partner and I, you know, we're holding down the fort, tackling, and I'm just really happy with where I am in my life. And when I, when I acknowledge that, I just get giddy about it. It really, I get that sparkly feeling and, and I know anything can happen any minute, any second. I mean, you look at, you know, all the horrible things that are happening in the world just a few days ago, you know, 60 people now getting shot in Vegas to the natural disasters and the hurricanes and the uh, Puerto Rico right now. And, you know, I just, I, I feel happy that, that, that everything is in, is in a good place, but at the same time, it's, you know, when I think about what else is happening in the world, it's just that gratitude and that, that blessing, right. That we have, I think that that is, you know, that is where I feel happy, but then I'm like, but we still got to work harder to make the world better you know, <laughs> because there's just, you know, there's just so much, you know, the world is just so broken right now. And you know, I want to just quickly just touch, and I know we're finishing up, and I always give you long-winded answers, <laughs> uh, which hopefully gives everybody a, a, a sense of my personality and who they'll meet through reading my book, uh, This Is How We Rise, about money, which is I've gone through this personal, like I've been living right outside of the city for the last few years to, to, to build my business and to raise the kids and really, again, focus on what matters. And this idea around financial, you know, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, I'm 42 years old, and my relationship with money you know, and I, and what I see, how I see other people make decisions about their career, about their kids, about, you know, all the women's issues out there. Like, you know, like, am I having a child or, you know, am I going to quit my job after having a child or, you know, like, it's like arguments that you might get into with your spouse or, you know, or feeling resentful of your company because they're not maybe paying you enough or whatever it is. If you just think about the day to day, everything that we struggle in through life and what this women's movement and all these women's issues about, 
money is the under is an underlying consistent component of a majority of those issues, right? And yet, and yet in the women's movement, you know, you, you see a million campaigns around empowering girls and their confidence, and you see a million campaigns around, you know, women in tech or an in industry too, but nobody talks about the money thing, right? And it's, a, and really how profound, I think, I think women and money and our, A, I think that we need to all, people need to be taught to A, recognize what is your relationship with money? What is your, you know, because we all grew up with a relationship with money based on the family we came from, based on things that happened to us, right? And so, you know, I think that it, it's like anything in life, like in order for, like, like before leadership development is personal growth, like we, it's like every single person needs to go through this personal growth journey with their relationship with money, you know, and, and then after you do that, then can you really think about, okay, what does money mean to me? right? What does it really mean? Does it mean a happy marriage? Does it mean that I can be continue to be a working mom? Does it mean all these other things that affect other aspects of who I am as a person and what my, and the quality of my life and the experience of my life is going to be about? And then once you have clarity on what those goals are, then you can then actually, then the leadership, the leadership development comes, right? Then you can actually create a plan for yourself and make decisions about in, in your household where you're living, who you're with, like, you know, your job, you know, like your company, if you want to start a company, you know, you can start making all these other life decisions once you've done that healing and once you've done that personal growth work. So that's an aha that I've learned. And, and there's nothing really that teaches you that. I mean, other than, of course, working with a financial coach, you know, but, but like anything else, I, I feel like, you know, the financial industry, right? And, and wealth managers. And I, and you are one of my favorite teachers on the subject, Manisha. Like you just do such a great job of, of making it practical for women and people to understand their relationship with money. But I, I, it's just food for thought because I know a lot of people in the financial industry listen to this podcast. So I just think it's a profound conversation that really still hasn't been broken open yet on, in a big way, in the way that it needs to be broken. Right. Given that my sole professional focus right now is around thought leadership regarding women and wealth, I totally agree with you and cannot thank you enough for bringing up that really vital point. So to learn more about your new book, This Is How We Rise, to learn more about the She Summit and your work in general, where can listeners go, Claudia? I would just go to shesummit.com. And if you actually, if you're in New York City or even if you want to email us and ask us for the live stream, um, we can also distribute the live stream. But just go to shesummit.com, sign up for our newsletters. If you're in New York, come to our conference in two weeks. Um, the book information is there as well. Or just Google This Is How We Rise. You can order it on Amazon. It releases in two weeks. And yeah, so just, you know, either come to the conference October 19th or 20th or, you know, sign up for our newsletter, get the book and just love to stay in touch. Claudia, thank you so much. This has been really inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this episode of the Money Zen Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be incredibly grateful if you'd go to iTunes and leave a review. The more reviews this podcast receives, the easier it will be for other women and families to find this information. It only takes a minute to leave a review on iTunes and it will have a big impact. If you'd like more information or to stay connected with me, simply go to moneyzen.com where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, see a full listing of past podcasts, and connect with me on social media. Lastly, I'd just like to end by saying, 
Never in the history of the world have women in aggregate been able to have the level of control around our finances as we do today. At the same time, we appear to be at a very unique period in the history of the world. As I tape these episodes across the globe, there is anger, hurt, divisiveness, and outrage around so many issues. By helping yourself and the women around you stand on your own two financial feet, you are putting yourself in a stronger position to make whatever impact you feel you can to shift this negative energy to the positive and impact the causes you care about. So thank you for listening and helping spread the word. Here's to your money's end.